It's the most popular sport on the planet, with an estimated 4 billion fans worldwide. But not everybody grew up watching or playing soccer, particularly here in the U.S. I sure didn't. I made fun of soccer, called it boring, hard to follow, and not as entertaining as football, basketball, or baseball. But thanks to some basic education about the game and a few viewings of English Premier League matches, I realized I had been wrong all those years and I became hooked. It's a far more compelling sport to watch than I used to think. Tense, exciting, and when played by the great ones, graceful and elegant. This show is for anybody who's curious why so many people love this game. It's for new fans of the European club teams looking for analysis that doesn't get too far into the weeds because, quite frankly, we wouldn't know how to be that in depth. It's for anybody who wants to join us on our journey of getting to know better the most popular sport in the world. We'll talk about the game itself, the rules, the terminology, the strategy, and we'll talk about the top club soccer league in the world, the English Premier League. Its teams, its history, its players, each week's games, all of it. We're kind of learning as we go here, but we're hoping you'll share that experience with us and come along for the ride. This is Hands Off Those Balls. And welcome to another edition of Hands Off Those Balls. We're coming at you just as Match Day 27 is ending. We, we are literally watching the last match of, of Match Day 27. Liverpool hosting West Ham. And uh, at the moment it's tied one apiece just as the second half has started. My name is Mike, and I'm joined, as always, by Jared. How are you doing this week, Jared? I'm doing good this week, Mike. You, you were traveling this weekend. Did you have a good time? I did. We uh, took the family to New York City for a whirlwind day and a half. Oh, my. Strollers, taxis, all that stuff. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The kids are how old? Uh, three and eight. So where'd you take them in the city? Pretty much everywhere. I think we started off with uh, Zero Space. Did the, uh, did the Metropolitan Museum of Art? No, we didn't do that. Uh, we did <laughs> you do, could do everything. We did the Museum of Math, uh, Central Park Zoo. Uh, there's a Museum of Math? Yeah, there is a Museum of Math. It's uh, Midtown somewhere. I can't imagine a worse thing to do. Well, the funny thing is is that there's a lot of uh, exhibits, but it's up to the parents to figure out how to show the kids what to do, so it's more of a mental exercise for parents than a, a sort of a... <laughs> A trial of fortitude and right. uh, yeah, all so the more reason. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we're back and uh, we're ready. So all right, well, we had uh, we had some exciting English Premier League matches this week, and we'll talk about some of them in the second half of the show. But um, unbeknownst to Jared, the I selected a topic for the first half of the show this week, but I specifically told him nothing about it because I wanted him to come into the show completely unprepared he's usually the one who has to do research and, and write out some notes for himself to explain things like the offsides rule to us and free kicks so both because i wanted to relieve him of that burden this week but also because i think it'll be kind of fun to do this topic uh with him somewhat cold this week we are going to talk about derbies <laughs> Now, here's your first question. Did I just mis mispronounce the word derby in the context of English Premier League soccer? Well, first, let me say that this is probably going to be the segment where we break the buzzer finally. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do believe you've mispronounced it. I do think it's Darby. It is Darby. 
Very good. Now, why the heck? But it is still spelled D-E-R-B-Y. So why the heck would we be pronouncing that word as if it had an A in it? Well, first of all, a derby is a matchup of two rivals, generally speaking, who are geographically close to each other. There are certain rivalries in, 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 in British soccer, let's say, um, that can be bitter, bitter rivalries. But they're not necessarily derbies because the, the two teams don't live that close to each other. Uh, geography is very often a, a factor in whether or not something is, is a true derby. As I've learned. And I've heard it's different than the rivalries we see here. It's not like the Yankees-Red Sox who are separated by several hundred miles. I mean, these are, these are sports teams on each other's foot, you know, doorsteps pretty much. Well, one of them in, in particular, the two stadiums are visible to each other. Yeah. So um, it's, that's exactly right. And, you know, familiarity can breed contempt. You know, being right on top of each other certainly can play, can play a part in it, but... I bring this up because apparently Manchester United, Liverpool is a big, historically uh, fierce rivalry. There seems to be, at best, a split of opinion uh, that that's a derby, at most, an agreement that it's not a derby. If if it is a derby, it doesn't have a cute name like, like all the other ones. It would just be the Man U Liverpool derby, I guess. So that's why I don't think it's a derby, and I'm not counting it as one. And is there is there any official in your upcoming quiz? I mean, is there anyone adjudicating this, or is it just <laughs> consensus, or what's the? We, uh, t- we talked an awful lot about uh, uh, courts and arbitration and things being adjudicated last week. I don't know that we uh, want to go down that road this week, but no, to my knowledge, it's it's more just a uh, a function of a hundred plus years of soccer being played and customs and rituals being handed down to the gener- next generation. Um, but let's get back to that, that whole pronunciation thing. Why are they calling it a derby if it's spelled derby? This apparently has been a thing in, uh, in, in England English for centuries. Um, it, it, I, there's not a nice way to put this because in everything I read, they, they literally were using words like unintelligent and uneducated that people who were uneducated would pronounce words that had an ER as if it were AR. So the word clerk, for example, is Clark. Um, And this became even more prominent when famous writers from England would have the characters who were supposed to be portrayed as unintelligent, uneducated, they would have them pronounce the words this way. Henry Fielding wrote Tom Jones, and so he's got people pronouncing, uh, if it's service, it's pronounced sarvice. If it's person, it's pronounced parson. Um, Stuff like that. It's just a, you know, you could call it a regional dialect kind of a thing, but it seemed to be more about um, the kind of thing that, that, um, uh, the doctor, what's his name? from from the um, oh I can't think of the name of the the the, uh, the the woman played by Audrey Hepburn with the cockney accent he was trying to teach her out of it and uh, you know the rain in Spain falls mainly 
Do you know what movie I'm talking about? I don't. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> I mean, I can start right. I have a friend who would definitely know exactly what I'm trying to think of right now. It's um. And if my mother were listening to this, she'd be so upset that I can't think of the name. It'll come to me later. Um, so anyway, the, the ER to AR kind of sound has found itself being used when it comes to the English Premier League derbies. So lest you think this is something that's you know unique to the uneducated, unintelligent of the British folks, you may be surprised to know that we actually do it here to a certain extent, on this side of the pond. Um, your senior year in high school, what level soccer were you playing on at your school? Varsity. <laughs> varsity. Well, the word varsity is actually derived from the word university. See I didn't that? know that. Yeah. I didn't know it either until I did this research. And now let's really blow your mind. At least varsity is spelled A-R, although it was taken from a word that was spelled E-R. We've got one that's spelled E-R that we pronounce A-R. The, uh, um, in the Army, there's a pay grade called E-5. It is the non-commissioned officer rank of sergeant. But it's spelled S-E-R-G-E-A-N-T. So there you go. We actually do that here. Who knew? I did not. So now that we've covered... The um, it's really bugging me that I can't think. It was a musical. It was like on stage and a film. Henry Higgins is the guy who's trying to teach uh, Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> I should be able to remember her name too, her character's name. Anyway, let's get into some of these English Premier League derbies, um, and let's see if. Jared is able to come up with the matchup if I um, give him the name of the Derby. All right. There's going to be a lot of buzzing, but I'm uh, well. Game. Let's let's be optimistic here. Question one: Who plays in the Manchester Derby? Well, think long and hard because I need to cross the room to check my phone. So by process of elimination, I would think that. Uh, that might be comprised of two teams from Manchester. Uh, I would guess maybe uh, the matchup of Manchester City and Manchester United. Very good, Jared. I'm, I'm proud that you were able to figure that one out. All right, great. Um, <laughs> they get harder as we go okay, along, just so you know. <laughs> uh, yes, the Manchester Derby would be Manchester City and Manchester United. Now... We had this past weekend a derby, not one of the, you know, worst of the worst, but uh, it was it was a derby nonetheless. It was a London derby, and I say a London derby because, as you can probably figure, there's there are more than two London teams, so you can have a couple different combinations of London derbies. So. Name five London teams currently in the English Premier League. Okay, I'm probably going to struggle with this one a little bit, um, so we'll get the uh, the buzzer going. Um, I'm going to guess. I'm going to start off with Arsenal. Arsenal is a London team. Very good. 
Everton. No. Um, let's try Chelsea. Yes. So I got three more to go. Um, Burnley. No. Um, we had some NFL games take place in London this past season. If you were watching any of those, you might have seen the stadium at which they were playing. I, yeah, that was one of those ones where I'd wake up and it'd be, oh, crap, yeah. there was a game on at 9 a.m. and I missed it. So, <laughs> so they, played, they played a lot of, if not all, of those matches at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Okay, Tottenham is a London team. Uh, the other two are, are tricky-ish, unless you're familiar with regions of the city of London. Have you been to London? I have not. Me neither. Yeah. Uh, so the other two London teams are Crystal Palace and West Ham United. Okay. So this past weekend, we had Chelsea and Spurs. So that was a London derby. That was a London derby. Now, are the other matchups also called London derbies, or do they have specific names of London teams? Well, funny you should ask, because there is a North London derby. And there are there are other there's like I think there's like West London. Part of it too is that you've got relegated teams from London yes. that that are Derby worthy, but they're just not in the Premier League right now. So you know, seeing references to teams that oh when they meet up with you know Chelsea or whatever it's like these are bitter rivals. Well, tough they're darts. Different they're leagues, not playing yeah. this year. <laughs> West Ham is beating Liverpool. Breaking news: We are this just happened. Uh, and I, that doesn't look offsides to me. I think they're going to let them play. 2-1 West Ham in the 59th minute right now. This would be big. Yeah, this would this would be, uh, I mean, to have your unbeaten streak broken by. At home. At home. They're at Anfield. They're going to lose the wet. That, no, they're not going to lose. Um, anyway, but they are losing. So, yes, the North London Derby features. Arsenal and Spurs. Okay. Um, all right. They're going to get a little harder now. There is There are a number of uh, derbies that just go by the name of the Midlands Derby, maybe the West Midlands Derby or the East Midlands Derby. And again, you know, Central England, and there are a lot of teams in that area that aren't currently – in the Premier League, but there are at least two that fit into this umbrella of the Midlands Derby. I think my phone is ringing because a friend of ours is texting me, oh my God, West Ham is beating Liverpool. <laughs> There's a lot of soccer left. So, Midlands Derby, what do you got? Well, I'm trying to think about the... Uh you know, I'm thinking, you know, you've got Liverpool, Manchester up here, Sheffield's over here, London's down here. So I'm trying to think about Midlands. You know, was have we mentioned any of the teams in the Midlands Derby yet? I don't think so. Really? Okay. Uh, would Leicester be one of them? I saw one article that said that Leicester City is in the Midlands. So um, I'll give you a perhaps because I didn't see them listed as often, okay, it, under the so heading partial the credit for that one, right? Partial credit. Uh, Give you the quieter bell yeah. sound effect. <laughs> uh, Sheffield, no, no, okay. 
Uh, what about uh, Wolves? Wolves, very good. All right. When Wolves faces Aston Villa, whom apparently everybody hates, at least everybody in the Midlands. Aston Villa is just despised by everybody else. And when they meet up with Wolves, the Wolverhampton Wanderers, it is definitely a derby. Um, all right, here's a big one. The Merseyside derby. Now, I know this one only because it's the first derby I had ever heard of. All right, if you know this... this Yeah, this is Everton versus Liverpool. Okay, well, if you know that, then why did you guess that Everton was a London team? Well, I didn't know that they... I don't know what Merseyside means. Oh, right? oh, okay. So Merseyside could mean anything oh, from all... The Mersey is the river okay. in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, it's mentioned in... There's like a song. Ironically, not a Beatles song. Um, where I can hear the lyric where the guy's mentioning, you know, about going across the Mersey. But um, so, yes, the Merseyside Derby is Liverpool and Everton. I did have one more here just because I found it interesting. Um, I'm, I'm not going to put you through the pain of trying to guess this, but apparently the M23 Derby. M23, it's my understanding, is. Uh, Synthetic drug? That's nah. what it sounds like to me. <laughs> Well, that's probably what they would say to us about I-95. Oh, okay. Because M23 is a highway out there that connects uh, certainly London, but I guess it runs really close, if not up to Crystal Palace and Brighton. I mean, Brighton is down on the coast, yeah. you know, quite a, a ways away from London. So it's a little interesting that there would be a derby involving teams that are not right on top of each other. Um but, but it is. Crystal Palace and Brighton is the M23 Derby. Um, and on the, we mentioned it briefly before, as far as like stadiums right on top of each other, the, I guess you can see Anfield from Everton's stadium. So right on top of each other. Um, well, I hope I knew as much as uh, you were hoping. but uh. I, I don't think you knew any less than I did before I started <laughs> cracking the books so I think that was a I mean I went into this saying I thought you'd get one and you got like three so okay pretty good I would say you had me down for the uh, Manchester I had right? I, yeah, I okay. gave you credit for Manchester if you'd be able to get that one um, all right so we'll wrap up our first half here go into the scores and schedule schedules report and once that's done we'll be right back with more of the show talk to you soon here are your scores from match day 27 in the english premier league on saturday play began with a london derby as chelsea topped spurs two to one crystal palace edged newcastle one nothing with Gabriel Lazaro suffering brain lock and committing a pointless penalty in the final seconds of stoppage time to earn himself a red card as the clock expired. Burnley trounced Bournemouth 3-0. Sheffield United and Brighton ended up nodded at one goal apiece. Southampton took down Aston Villa 2-zip, and Manchester City escaped King Power Stadium with a 1-0 win over Leicester City on a late goal by Gabriel Jesus. On Sunday, Wolves blasted Norwich City three goals to none which happened to be the same score in Manchester United's win over Watford, and Arsenal hung on to eke out a 3-2 win against Everton at home. 
The week concluded on Monday as Liverpool survived an early scare against West Ham to come from behind and win 3-2. Play begins this week on Friday as Leicester City heads to Norwich. On Saturday, Aston Villa hosts Sheffield. Crystal Palace heads down to the shore for the M23 Derby against Brighton. Chelsea visits Bournemouth. Burnley travels north to Newcastle. West Ham hosts Southampton. And Liverpool takes on Watford in what will undoubtedly be another road win for the Reds. On Sunday, Man City takes on Arsenal at the Etihad. Manchester United takes a trip Merseyside to tackle Everton. And Tottenham Hotspur will be hosting Wolves. That's what's happening in the EPL. Now back to the show. And we're back. Uh, coming off of our scores and schedule report, uh, you all are, are more knowledgeable about this game than we are at the moment, but uh, Liverpool has equalized. It's now 2-2, thanks to the foot of Mo Salah. Surprise, surprise. Uh, so, yeah, Liverpool is well on its way to winning this game after all. So let's talk about a couple of the, the matches this past weekend. On Saturday, we had Chelsea hosting Tottenham Hotspur in a London derby. Um, something that, that I found odd. Um, you've got two injuries for Spurs right now, and the two people are the team's top two scorers in the, in the form of Harry Kane and Heung-Min Son. They're the two leading scorers. They are responsible for, I did the math, um, 20 of the 43 goals that Spurs have scored in Premier League play. So they're without those two guys, and yet Spurs goes out there to face Chelsea, a really good team, without Deli Alley starting. Deli Alley is their third best scorer. So... It, sh it should come as no surprise that uh, Spurs didn't score in the first half uh, and and didn't score most of this match. Uh, and then they got a goal at around the 88th minute, but it was really an own goal. Um, oh, yeah. So um, you had during um, in one of the other little side notes here um, – You've got uh, a reunion of sorts with the two managers. Uh, Frank Lampard was a long-time um, really good player for Chelsea. Uh, he's the manager of Chelsea now, and Jose Mourinho, the manager of Spurs, is a former manager of Chelsea and managed Frank Lampard. So uh, that was a big uh, topic of conversations uh, by various folks on Saturday about this match. But... Um, Chelsea scored first um, in the, the first half. It was one of these that um, Uri saved it on the first shot. There's a rebound that's blasted into the near post by the Chelsea player. Another rebound, and uh, Giroud for Chelsea ends up scoring off of that that second rebound. Um, they they got their second goal, um, Marcus Alonso. I believe it was early uh, second half. And um, the the real interesting part about this game on the field was that there was a lot of controversy because there was uh, a collision, a challenge, whatever you want to call it, that on replay sure looked nasty. 
and the announcers were were all over the fact that uh, Spurs really should have gotten a red card uh, because of this particular challenge. There was no foul called on the field. It went to VAR, and VAR said no penalty, at which point the the color commentator in the booth was beside himself and just dropping all manner of British-isms about how, how much of an outrage this was. And before the game was even over, uh, I don't quite know how the announcers became aware of this, whether they got handed a note from a producer or what, but long and short of it is that the good people at VAR, before the match was even over, but after they made their ruling, came back and said, oops, we screwed up. It should have been a penalty. Like, <laughs> you know, in the span, it's a running clock. So this was in the span of like 20 minutes for them to have come back while the game was still in action and say, oh, we screwed that up. Well, hell, why didn't you know before? Right. Not that I want, I root for Spurs, so I didn't want them to get a red card, but hell, they were in, in such dire straits when this game started. They brought in Deli Alley, by the way, like in the 70th minute. Thanks. Did they That's say why helpful. he didn't start? It, it, it didn't seem like a, there's been a fair amount of load management, uh, to use a term they use around here with the NBA. Um, so I don't know if if it's if that's the the cause. I mean, quite frankly, trying to save save yourself for games later this season. You're without Harry Kane. You're without Youngman Son. You can't be, you know, cutting back that far. Um, Especially if you're right on the brink of yeah, the UCL. The, yeah. With all those teams bunched up with with yeah. scores so similar. So yeah, um, just kind of a. Tough game to watch as a Spurs fan between the lack of offense, and they really weren't pressuring that often. Um, and, and that nasty kerfuffle that really should have been a red card. Um, but one thing I noticed, and this harkens back to a, a show a couple of weeks ago, um, I absolutely, positively, on at least two occasions, saw the Chelsea goaltender dribble the ball like a basketball player. You said they couldn't do that. <laughs> I don't make the rules. So. <laughs> you were supposedly recounting a rule, though. <laughs> Maybe it's just one that they don't enforce, but I just okay. report the rules as they're right. written. So. Maybe we should double-check whether that's a, a true FIFA law, as they say. Uh, well, let's see if this guy's going to do it. All right, no, he's just rolling it out. Um, was, there was a goaltender on TV who uh, had the ball in his hand, so I was wondering if he was about to dribble, but... Um, what games were you watching this weekend, Jared? Well, the uh, first one I was sort of paying attention to was uh, Leicester hosting Man City. That was uh, three versus two, well, the fake two because of the, the ban. But, you know, the first thing I think uh, I noticed was the uniforms that uh, Man City was. What the hell was that? I, I, I don't mean, know. I mean, so I've I never. The sky blue with Etihad on it. I mean, it is a. Classic, it is completely their mark, their brand, you know, whatever you want to call it. I've never seen them in anything else. No, well, well they, I take that back. I've seen them in like a black with yellow lettering, but I've never seen what they wore this weekend. Well, the, the announcers called them their tequila sunrise uniforms, and it's, you know, to the point where that's actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's that's descriptive, although all I could think about was like fruit striped gum, so um. 
But, you know, I don't know the history of these uniforms, but the only thing that was coming to my mind is that they were giving anyone a chance to talk something else other than the band. So wasn't sure if it was a diversion or the right time Distract to Distract everybody with yeah. the bright neon colors. Yeah, so we're not going to talk about the band. We're going to talk about our awful attire. Instead. And just in case we haven't, you know, through the references to Fruit Stripe and Tequila Sunrise, these things were a, a bright, like neonish bright yellow and orange. Yeah, a gradient. A yellow to, to gradient orange as they move south. It was just uh, really Trouble. an odd choice, yeah. Um, but, you know, just some specifics of the game. Uh, Jamie Vardy, who's the Leicester striker, he hasn't scored since December. Um, he's got a one-on-one -on -one with a goalie in the eighth minute and hits the left post. So bad luck there. Isn't he still leading the league? Yeah, I, he may be. I, but he just he has not scored since uh, December. He was scoring like twice a game last fall. Um, yeah, a friend of ours is in a, a Premier League uh, fantasy league, and he picked up Vardy early and was quite pleased with himself uh, about that as well. He should be. And in fact, I was comment commenting to him that he's got both Vardy and Obama Yang, and like. They're the top two goal scorers in the league. That's got to be half of his salary, if not three quarters of you know, yeah. the salary he's allowed to spend. But who knows? Maybe he owns an airline. <laughs> comes from <laughs> an Arabian royal family. Um, he doesn't. But so, um, anyways, uh, Aguero uh, on Man City. He's had an offside goal discounted with uh, without the use of our easy call. It was about four or five steps. Um, and then in the 60th minute, and I'm going to butcher this name, uh, Gundogan, um, he takes a shot uh, and a Leicester defender deflects it with his arm. It's actually his elbow. Um, and it was not ruled anything on the field, but then uh, VIR decided it was a penalty kick about a minute later. So Aguero takes this penalty kick, but Schmeichel, the goalie, guesses right and saves it. Um, Aguero has another opportunity two minutes later. Uh, it's another save, so it's still 0-0 until the 80th minute when Gabriel Jesus finds the net uh, minutes after coming in off the bench. I and think you got Jesus right. I did. I actually had to look it up. It's the first time I've heard that. I was thinking it was Jesus or Jesus or whatever, but it's Jesus. Um, so anyways, 1-0 uh, final on that one. Um, Man City picks up three points for all the good it does them, and uh, Lester gets none. <laughs> okay. So that's about it for that game. Oh, boy. On Sunday, Arsenal was facing Everton, uh, two teams that had managerial changes this season and have, have uh, gotten hot since doing so. It, it is amazing to me. This is definitely a thing in in Premier League and probably other soccer leagues is that a team flounders for a little while they bring in a new manager and for the first half dozen matches at least it's an instant injection of adrenaline um, and the teams just perform better it's it's almost like they they got complacent with the old guy and you just got to bring a new guy in to kick some tail but um, in the Arsenal Everton match you didn't have to wait too long for, for some scoring. Um, 48 seconds in, there is a free kick uh, by Everton 
Um, an Arsenal player is the first one to it, or but rather, yeah, an Arsenal player is the first one to it, heads it, and it was like straight up in the air. It wasn't one of these headers that clears it out of that area, and it wasn't passed to anybody in particular. Um, it just kind of doinked up in the air, which gave, um, oh, I meant to look up his name. It's not my time. I can't remember. Um, Everton player, uh, Calvert-Lewin, was able to bicycle kick. Uh, you know, one of these where his back is to the goal and jumps and does sort of this reverse flip to kick it straight behind him. And um, it, it was like point blank. He did it probably 15 feet away from the goal. <laughs> so goalie didn't have much of a chance. Um, but that was Calvert-Lewin's 12th of the season. And about halfway through the first half, Arsenal gets on the board. Um, you've got um, Bukayo Saka on the left side, kicks a centering cross, and Eddie Nketia, look that one up, um, does one of these leaps where he's reaching out with his foot and it isn't so much kicking at it so much as he's nudging it um, with his foot, but that nudge was necessary and did knock it into the goal. Uh, so that equalized for Arsenal. Arsenal then gets another goal about six minutes later. Um, uh, we were mentioning before Pierre, I think it's Pierre Emmerich, Obama Yang. Uh, he is streaking downfield. He's a midfielder. And he gets a long pass from uh, David Luis, and Aubameyang is able to get himself an opening, and he blasts it and beats the goalie, and that was his 16th of the season. Again, he's in second place in Premier League. Now, during stoppage time in the first half, um, Everton player... Um, Richarlison, he gets a yellow card on an aggressive challenge that looked like there was going to be a fight. Like you had one, you know, guys jawing at each other, the proverbial hold me back, hold me back. Ah, and uh, just to take a moment away, surprise of surprises, Liverpool is now up 3-2. I didn't see the goal actually happen, um, but they are now winning. They will win. They will never lose again. Um, so anyway, uh, so that's the uh, yellow card for Richarlison. And then um, a couple minutes later, still in stoppage time, like r literally seconds left in stoppage time, uh, Everton is able to equalize and make it 2-2 off of a corner. Uh, corner comes in. Arsenal's not able to clear it. You get a couple of you know, what I'll call inconsequential headers where they're just kind of doinking it like pinball machine, but they're not really going anywhere, going anywhere, not really um, directed to their own teammates. And uh, this is all happening right in front of the goal. And finally, on one of these little doinks, it kind of trickles towards the goal, but nobody's nearby. Richarlison I mean, I mentioned before on the Nikechia that he sort of nudged the ball. Richarlison, like if he got a molecule of the toe of his cleat on this ball, that's a lot. I mean, he 
barely got anything on this ball, but it was enough. I mean, it was necessary to, to nudge it into the goal. Again, with seconds left in the first half, so you had a 2-2 tie. Um, keeping with the tradition of the first half of a goal scored in the first minute, that happened again in the second half um, when um, Aubameyang got his second goal of the day to tie Jamie Vardy with 17 goals. Um, it looked to me like um, Pepe, who was the player who had passed it to Aubameyang, might have been offsides, but that was that was my naked eye when they showed the lines, you know, at the point of the pass. It looked like he was okay. Um, but once Arsenal got the lead, um, the Arsenal defense just they seemed to be taking things for granted. I mean, they had a whole second half that they needed to defend here. And particularly from, like, the 70th minute on, I kept putting a little tick mark on my notes. There were, near, there were like, a half a dozen times where it's a point-blank sh blasted shot because Arsenal's defenders weren't doing anything. Oh, Liverpool got a fourth goal. Jesus, <laughs> when you get yourself, you oh, get your gee. hopes up. Um Arsenal's defenders weren't doing anything, and it just gave Everton all these opportunities uh, again and again. Uh, I mean, it, there was one time where Arsenal, you know, again, Aubameyang's a, a midfielder, but he's, the, he's tied for the most goals in the Premier League. So obviously he's somebody who spends a lot of time downfield on yep. offense. There was a time Aubameyang had to be the one to clear it out from the 18-yard the box because the defenders weren't doing their job. Um you know, off of one of these blasted balls that's miraculously saved by uh, Burnt Leno or hit the post. They had a number that hit the post. Yeah. Um, so just you know, pretty disappointing showing by the uh, the Arsenal defenders after they got the lead. But they were able to hold it. Um, so final on that one is 3-2. And, um, you know, it, it's given Arsenal some some optimism about maybe getting themselves in Europa or maybe even Champions League thanks to, to Man City's behavior uh, to open up an extra spot out there. So we'll see what happens as the, the season wears on. But um, certainly a match that was exciting for the, the, the speed with which goals were happening, particularly in the first half. Um, I just would have liked to have seen Arsenal. A little more defense. You know, yeah. A little more, you know caring about the game it's i could understand why they got a new manager yeah <laughs> a couple months ago uh so what else did you watch this weekend uh sheffield hosting brighton that was a six versus 15 when the, the game started um sheffield's still in striking distance of uh, the champions league so it's an important game for them um first thing i just wanted to mention it was the amount of debris and <laughs> there's a lot of balloons and trash just all over the field throughout the whole game and it wasn't just on uh you know, sort of exterior parts of the field. I mean, right in front of the goal, balloons were sort of going around. I have balloons no idea. And wasn't there toilet paper? Uh, it's just like, like the, the team and the officials needed to be policing the field because of all this stuff. I just, I just couldn't. I mean, if the, if this was an, uh, an American sport, I mean, they, you know, they won't let a beach ball bounce twice at Dodger Stadium before right. they have someone go out there. So I was just kind of surprised to see that condition, and maybe that's common out there, but you know, it was worth mentioning by by me. Um, so Sheffield takes a 1-0 lead on an end to Stevens in the 26th minute, just a laser in the top corner. And um, 
I'm continually amazed how these uh, strikers can put the ball in the exact one foot square they need to where it doesn't hit post and doesn't hit a goalie hand, but he hit it. Um, you know, and I was sort of watching that play unfold. Um, it was a basically a busted cross. Um, he brings it down, and I'm thinking there's no way he can get himself into a situation where he has any angle to make a shot, and yet brings it down, takes a shot, and puts it in that exact spot it needed to go right in. So, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, they apparently took the fourth Liverpool goal off the board. because It is now 3-2. to two. Uh, West Ham looked fit to be tied about something that happened right in front of Liverpool's, Liverpool's goal. Um, so I don't know if maybe they thought there was a handball or penalty or something, but uh, they're not dead yet. It's the 89th minute, and they're only down one. Uh, so, sorry. Oh, no problem. Um, and then not three minutes later in the 29th minute, uh, Brighton equalizes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you again. Sure. <laughs> it's very important. Uh, we, we meant to open the second uh, half of the show with this. So Jared looked up that film that I couldn't remember the name of earlier. Uh, and as many of you, I'm sure, if there are, in fact, many of you out there, if there are, <clears throat> then I'm sure many of you were, were shouting at your speaker, it's My Fair Lady, you idiot. Uh, yes, My Fair Lady. Although, once he said the movie title after looking it up, uh, I was able um, uh, to, to dig the name Eliza Doolittle out of the recesses of my brain. That was the name of the Audrey Hepburn character, which I also couldn't remember in the first half. Um, so... A, uh, but we had Henry Higgins, right? A, a, disappoint a, a disappointing um, uh, trivia moment for me, and I, I try to avoid those as best as I can. Sorry again, Jared. Take it away. No, no problem. And then um, after the uh, end of Stevens' goal, not three minutes later, in the 29th minute, uh, Brighton equalized on a free kick from almost midfield. Um, uh, reached about the 10-yard uh, area, and there was a header, and then uh, Mape gets a clear head from there and gets it right in. That was his uh, club-high eighth goal in EPL this season, but it's uh, only his first in the last nine EPL appearances, so he was a little bit of a drought then, but mm. hopefully that writes it. Um, and then in the 84th minute, um, Lundstrom, which is a, a Sheffield player, uh, tackled Dunk, uh, who is the Brighton captain. That was a really hard knee tackle. I mean, it looked like the knee was actually bending in a way it... Uh, was not supposed to. Over here, confirmed accidental, no red card. Um, so that's about it. Uh, it was a, a Sheffield home match in which they dominated both in possession and opportunities. Um, so it's a match they really needed to and, and were in a position to win to keep pace, but they only got the draw. And it's a little disappointed for me as a history buff because I think, I, as I mentioned to you last week off offline, uh, Sheffield was promoted this season. And... A team has not been promoted and reached the Champions League since, I believe, the mid-70s. So this would be a pretty big... Uh, that would be a pretty big deal. Yeah. <coughs> so. Although I thought... Was it, I thought I'd heard that Leicester City had only been promoted recently, too. Uh, and they're obviously doing great. Yeah, they're doing great. Uh, I don't know if it was this year. No, well, I guess not, yeah. if, if that's that only pertains to Sheffield. Uh well, we're running out of time, but I know there was one other thing you wanted to mention. Oh, just uh, just a look at the bottom of the table, since um, all bottom five teams, uh, we can pencil in a loss here, I think, for West Ham, but all five teams uh, are going to take the L, so there's absolutely no movement, no points mm. uh, gained in the bottom of the table. So, nothing there. No, and 
but at the top, we, you were saying what Manchester United is now fifth. Yeah, Man Man uh, United jumped from I believe seventh to fifth. Yeah, um, this is what's going to happen all yeah. season. With the, these guys are there's like five teams separated by four points or something. So yeah, uh, things are going to move a lot. I'm sure. Um, well, we might as well wrap up now, even though I, I thought we might be able to last until the bitter end of this uh, Liverpool-West Ham matchup, I uh, guess. You'll five minutes of uh, stoppage time. <laughs> refer back to the scores and schedules update that uh, that you heard earlier, uh, which has already told you what happened in this game, but, but we don't know yet. So we'll wrap up with that. Thanks for listening. We truly appreciate it. We don't have a show if we don't have you, so... Thanks again, and we hope you all join us next week when we'll have another weekend's worth of games to talk about. So with that, have yourselves a great week. Take care, everybody.